The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn about the show and contact us directly, visit betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and welcome back to me, Gandalf. Uh, it's been I a while. missed myself. Yeah. <laughs> Good to have you back, buddy. Yeah. Way, I, way missed you too, G-Man. You know how, like, back in the day when you used to have the summer vacation and you would be out of school for a few months and then you come back and realize that you've completely forgotten long division? And then, like, the first few months of the semester are just you trying to relearn what you Everything did you before. Forgot over the summer. That's that's how I feel now. It's like, man, I don't. How do I podcast? How right. do I? How do I do this? Well, you've but, still um, you've still been producing from the shadows, pulling the strings and whatnot. Yes. Uh, also, I, uh, we are now terrified uh, because last night uh, Gandalf sent us uh, what 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 would you call it? Like deep fake footage of us. I, I sent AI synthesized audio of these guys reading Genesis one. In fact, you know what? Right now, Gandalf, splice in that footage. Splice in that sound. Let the audience hear it for a second. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. My AI sounded the least realistic. And Gandalf's like, that's because I only gave it 40 seconds of footage to work with. Matt's and yours sounded, I mean, they, it had more footage to work with. This is terrifying. This is terrifying. Um, Haley, uh, Haley's going to be listening to this podcast eventually in her 60s and not realize it's not me. That's the thing. <laughs> Listener, I want you to be on guard. I want you to guard your heart and have discernment. Because one of these days I will attempt to have a fully synthesized episode an of the a, podcast. An AI episode. Terrifying. Where we don't have to do anything. And we were um, all that much closer to being killed by a Terminator. But do two things for me, listener. One, I would love to hear from you about um, which of those three samples you just heard, which of those sounded the most convincing. And then number mm. two, I would love it if you subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Uh, we have a ton of new listeners have come in. Ironically, since I have been off the show, I, we had a dramatic Ouch. increase in the number of listeners, and so that's that's just, how Matt, that's just, how Matt and I feel like when we're out of the pulpit and it's like a really high attendance day. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bunch of you. Uh, if our previous uh, metrics have anything to tell us, is that a bunch of you uh, are not subscribed, that you're willing to listen, but you're not willing to hit the subscribe button. So please go ahead and do that. Hit like, subscribe, check box, heart smiley face, I don't know, whatever it looks like on your platform of choice. And that really helps us out. And it helps you out by getting a uh, notification every Tuesday morning. So with all that being said, 
where are we going to be today? We're back in Genesis 22. Uh, I might have known. You you thought we'd knock it out last last week's episode. You know, I I, I told Matt this last night. Uh, someone said they enjoyed the episode, and I was like, oh, I talked way too much. I said the best metaphor for the last episode that I can think of is um, we took our kids to Disney a few weeks ago, right? And we Haley and I had a great time, but we were there for the kids. And so last episode, like, I assume Matt had a good time, but Matt's like, I'm here for the kids. Just let Nathan talk about Genesis 22. Let him get it all out of his system, and we can go back to doing what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, you did a good job with it, man. I enjoyed the episode. I, I I enjoyed listening. Like as someone who was not there and I was just enjoying as though I was a member of the audience, I did enjoy it. It was so, good. I will add that this week's discussion of Genesis twenty two, because I think this is actually the first time we we collectively are talking about Genesis twenty two. Isn't that right? That's correct. That yeah, sounds correct. Right. So I was talking to a good friend of mine from Tennessee about the episode. And he pointed this out to me, and I, I just totally did not catch that uh, when we were reading through, of taking the Hebrews 11 that Abraham reasoned that God could raise him from the dead. And he pointed out in Genesis 22 and verse number six, and what it says there, and it says, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they went both of them together. It we Abraham talk was of, not just yeah. killing his son; he was burning him to ash. And, yeah. and the that's what we find. That, that's what we yeah. find later in the Old Testament with child sacrifice. Right. This is this is the belief that God is going to raise my child from the ashes. <laughs> And so that that's where we we're going to go today. And uh, anyway, that's uh, kudos to m my good buddy Dustin George in uh, Vonor, Tennessee. But anyway, good stuff, Dustin. Thanks. This this also uh, it reminds me. There's an early uh, Christian book uh, debated uh, dating on it. Uh, one pretty notable uh, scholar wants to put it in uh, the 60s A.D. Most put it in the 90s A.D. This is the the document known as First Clement, right? Mm -hmm. And and in First Clement, in making an illustration within like a sermon context, he appeals to the legend of the phoenix. And I'm like, dude, totally missed it. Just use Abraham and Isaac, right? Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, hey, for our listeners, remind us of the legend of the phoenix. Oh, just the bird that dies and rises from its own ashes. Right. Um. Also, it's interesting. So we've got dust here. We've got fire here. One thing I want to make mention of, this is the second time in the Bible that this particular word is used for fire. The first time is Genesis 19, when God caused fire to come from heaven. This time, the fire is in the hand of Abraham. Both of them are bringing down a judgment so to speak. Uh, mm. And anyway, I, I think there's, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. Like what's, what's going on here and what has possibly happened in Abraham's uh, character development between the first fire and the second fire. And there's a perspective 
as I mentioned last week in reminding us, that this is not just a conversation amongst three of us. It's a conversation amongst all of us. And we got some stuff from uh, Jenny Gregory. Uh, she sent us some yeah, feedback. Not, not, not only that, not only is she uh, you know, getting the, the shout out on the show, Gandalf off air elevated her from like super fan status to friend of the podcast. That's right. Uh, uh, like friend, that's, friend of the show, Jenny. Yes, that's it. So like that, Matt, Matt and I are not allowed to do that because we are mere contributors. Gandalf is the only <laughs> producer. So right. Like, like he alone can give the presidential medal of freedom of the better than fiction Bible, <laughs> Bible podcast. Um, but that's as close as we can give you Jenny to a congressional medal of honor around here. So congratulations. You and Caitlin flowers are like in this very select company, uh, company. <laughs> to help out the audience on the point that Jenny has made, uh, she was speaking about last week's episode, and she says this. Uh, she says, I kept going back to his intercession for Sodom and Gomorrah, wondering if he also interceded for Isaac like that or just said yes. With Sodom, God said he was going to bring destruction. With Isaac, he didn't say he was going to kill Isaac, but told Abraham to do it. Great catch. So maybe that's a reason Abraham didn't barter for Isaac's life in the same way, because agency was in his hands. Probably he understood it was a test from God, trusted him at another level, as y'all were talking it, about. Man, this this is so interesting. You know, Matt, you and I talked about this, but not within the context of the show. Um, I was teaching on Cain and Abel last night in Bible study, um, and I said it's really interesting for me in Scripture— uh, you know, uh, to, to a go-to scripture, the wages of sin is death. In scripture, God warns Adam, right, that the day you eat of this forbidden tree, you're introducing death into creation. Dying, you will mm. begin to die. And yet in scripture, the first human death is not a life taken by God. It's a life right. taken by Cain, right? And so, like, mm. put that alongside, you know, we, we've talked several times about— uh, Abraham's family being the solution to what went wrong with Adam's family. And, and he's in a sense, God is entrusting life and death into Abraham's hands. Mm. Uh, like, you know, the same Abraham who pleaded earlier, like God is allowing Abraham to make a, not just a faith call, but, but a, in, in a real sense, a judgment call. Um, mm. And it's a judgment call that rests on his understanding of God. I love the way that that, I'm not saying there's a direct setup there biblically, but I love the way considering those two things side by side. Um, mm -hmm. And good, great reading, Jenny. That's really good stuff. Yeah. I, uh, Gandalf, you, you were mentioning beforehand about how this, um, well, let me say this first. Last week, <laughs> we talked about the Richard Dawkins in our generation, as well as like a Christopher Hitchens or a Sam Harris would look at an episode like this and say, this is exactly why God is the bad guy. This is why God is the Thanos of the Bible, because mm. he's, he's calling for the destruction of he, this child, this bloodthirsty, maniacal, you know. Uh, does anyone, can I, can I take a quick digression? Does sure. anyone feel like Thanos snapping his fingers was a ripoff of Kung Fu Panda? where Poe does the whooshy finger home hold and says skadoosh. Is that just me? Is that my I, own? I, my, I think my entire worldview just got flipped upside down. <laughs> am, I, I, am, I, am I isolated on that conspiracy theory <laughs> island? I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> but uh, to, back you're correct, Nathan you... Van Horn. You do not talk about Lord of the Rings as much as we do. You talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh pay no attention uh, to that man behind the curtain <laughs> <laughs> but to, to, to your point Matt like yeah like this is one of the prime examples of one of the things they point to where uh, not what, o- not what kind is, of god yeah exactly right. like he, he's closer to Emperor Palpatine yes. than he is than he is to like you know Santa Claus <laughs> in, these, yes. in a lot of these narratives that reminds me of that stupid clip that Matt shared with <laughs> Uh, it's, it's the one where with every instance of, uh, now this is terrible, uh, because this is not what the Bible is setting forth about God, but like, uh, Palpatine, it's got like all the instances where he says good, you know, good, like, good, it, it's, good. The, it's just so, it's so good. sinister. Like it's all Richard, the Richard Dawkins of the world want to see Abraham raising the knife and God approving like Palpatine in the background. Good. You know, <laughs> Abraham, uh, take your knife and your fire. <laughs> to rake down your son with it. That's, 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 that's what I see. Time that's out. Is, really that, is, that, is that AI that, or real life Gandalf? No, that was me. That was, <laughs> is that Gandalf? Because I, I don't completely know what's true anymore after that AI stuff <laughs> last night. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, dude, that's really impressive. That's very um, impressive. You know, it, it, it reminds me of an anecdote that I heard N.T. Wright share one time at a lecture. He said that back in the day, uh, I think it was at Oxford, like early in his teaching career, he was an, uh, a chaplain at Oxford. And, you know, Br- British is very, uh, the British are pretty uh, post-Christendom on the whole. I think religious participation in Britain is something like 10%. And so he said it was not atypical for freshmen to, you know, I think they had uh, an obligatory meeting with him. Uh, and it was not atypical for freshmen to come into his office and say, hey, uh, professor or chaplain, I really appreciate what you're trying to do here. But you have to understand, I don't believe in God. And and N.T. Wright said he would characteristically respond, oh, really, tell me more about which God you don't believe in. Mm. Um, and it, it is interesting. I mean, we've talked about this so many times, how people get such different takes, uh, and, and sometimes in the modern era, such unflattering takes of the God of the Bible, when none of the characters mentioned in the Bible seem to walk away with that in real time. Right. Uh, that, like, are, are Abraham and Richard Dawkins really navigating the same God? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, or are they reacting to the caricature? Yeah. Well, that's, da- that's Dawkins my, is, uh, yeah. Well, certainly. Well, that's one of the, my favorite things that uh, has come to light in, in my mind as we have done this project over the past few years is seeing how much how much more merciful god is than the caricature that is often displayed of the god of the old testament where we've even seen like mercy in the acts of you know the tower of babel and the flood itself and we've seen god being far more merciful than what he's been given credit for yeah and, it's, uh, it's it, it reminds me of uh y'all remember that jim carrey movie bruce almighty yes. yeah like where, where it's so easy to complain about like god being god and like how god should answer prayer and how god should intervene in circumstances and then like the Bruce Everybody Jim, won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> Br- got like like Br- Br- Bruce is Bruce is given like a taste of having to like not just the uh, not just wielding the authority of God, but the accountability of God. And it's just this overwhelming task. Like he finds it impossible to be God as well as the God he complained about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and, and there's there is that component like of Abraham, to your point, Matt. 
It's and to Jenny's point, Abraham carries up the fire and the knife, but they're in his hands, not someone else's. Hmm. Um, you yeah, know, another another thing. I I reread uh, Mere Christianity last week, and I was just reminded with Lewis as he's talking about it because those were originally you know radio presentations during World War II is one of the frequent protests that people have against God is, well, why is the world bad? And Lewis's response to that is, is that by saying, why is the world this bad? Essentially, you are admitting that there is a better way, at least conceptually, of how the world should be. And if, if, if it's there conceptually doesn't have to be also there actually somewhere. And his point is, is that that is the story of the Bible is that we're, we're evaluating God from exile, not from Eden. We Mm. we no longer have that vantage point. And uh, I, I think for instance, there is, it reminds it, it reminds me of one other thing. Do you all remember when we were reading over Josephus and he was talking about his commentary on Nimrod with the Tower of Babel? And according to Josephus, Nimrod used the flood as a reason to isolate that was, people that was from his God. De- that was his demagogic propaganda. Exactly. Make make war on the make war on the guy who flooded the earth. How could he have done such a thing? Nimrod, we even read that, that Nimrod, they had a, they uh, waterproofed it, right? That's right. Yeah, they they waterproofed it so it couldn't be flooded. Um, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, it also reminds me. We haven't talked about this in a little while. Uh, and again, sorry, popcorn ideas just keep like jumping into my head. It's your favorite it all, favorite chapter. It yeah, I'm, right. It also we're here remi- for you. M I C K E Y. Okay. Um, it also reminds me of the whole living the Exodus while you're reading Genesis. Mm. What's the last thing that happens before you go free? Mm. Pharaoh, God does take Pharaoh's firstborn son and the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. Mm. Abraham, what are you willing to do with yours? Like, mm. as you see what I'm saying? Like, that's for real. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And also the substitution of the lamb. Even though Passover is not explicitly like substitutionary atonement, like Day of Atonement is, there it's still there. There, there's a lamb whose blood is covering you. Um, there is some of that echoed there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, 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 they surely got the metaphor. I'm, I'm sure. The, mm. me, the metaphor is pretty clear. Yeah, I, I still think it's just amazing to me. Going back to Dustin's point, is that. Abraham God did, truly God believed. Did, yeah, yeah, he didn't just trust God with a corpse. He trusted him with ashes. With ashes. Like, he trusted God with the stuff of which man was supposed to return according to the end of the curse in Genesis 3. Uh, that we return to dust. That God was like, yep, he can raise him back up. Hmm. And man... The implications of, like Nathan, you mentioned on the phone yesterday when we talked about this, the resurrection there, uh, and then all the allusions 
throughout the rest of the Bible, talking about the dust. I think of Daniel 12 there, those who sleep in the dust of the earth will we'll come back to life. Like there, and like Abraham didn't have any of that. And yet his faith was sound. And it was, yeah. Yeah. God, uh, can, God th- can bring him back. This reminds me of uh, Revelation 20, right before it's getting into the new heaven and new earth and Revelation 21. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death mm-hmm. and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and then they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Like, here's here's my thing. Like, remember the sea as the primordial symbol of chaos. The first image of God's sovereignty we get in Scripture, especially in the language and, you know, uh, an encyclopedic way of thinking in the ancient world. Water equals chaos. Darkness was mm-hmm. upon the faces of the deep, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, Right. Mm-hmm. And like at the very end, God is able to call forth those who have died, even from the sea. And then the thing that ends up burned up is not God's people, but mm-hmm. death and Hades. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, do you, I mean, you see that arc? Uh, not, uh, no pun intended. Do you see that yeah. like narrative arc? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Gandalf, what did you have? I was just thinking about, uh, Abraham's faith and believing that he that God could res- resurrect Isaac even from ashes and I was thinking about this is not the first time that Abraham has seen people delivered from fire. Yeah. I, and that's a point. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Lot. Yeah, this is a point and that's kind of I mean that it expounds on a point we tried to make uh last week. Uh and like biblically so many of these things like faith and things like that are usually not an abstract content uh con they're usually grounded in something concrete within the story that God is telling. Uh, God, Abraham has seen deliverance from fire with Lot and his family being spared. Um, and I love, I, we, I know, I think we alluded to it in one episode um, where they conflate the Abraham story with Babel and they conflate that with the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fiery furnace story. And Abraham himself is delivered from the fire. That's interesting. Um but again, this is this is what Paul is saying, you know, not just God raising from the dead. Paul says that Abraham believed God could could call things into existence that did not yet exist. Like mm-hmm. there there's dead bodies and then there's bodies reduced to ash. Right. Um, Abraham has a pretty strong resurrection faith and it goes it goes beyond the power of what the knife is able to destroy. It, it goes to what the fire is able to consume. And we're talking about the same guy that lied about Sarah being his sister, even though twice. half, yeah, twice, even though she's half sister and all that, but used deception because a seeming, even though this is our interpretation, because of a seeming deficiency of faith. Yet, as you see, and this happens so often in Genesis, as we continue through Genesis, Once you get past Genesis 11, and now you have Abraham, every character forward that has significant time, there's so much more character development in everything that comes before. And we'll get to see this development of of not just the character as the person, as the story, but the character as such as the inward character, the, uh, the heart of who these people are. 
And Nathan, well, we've been talking a lot about fire, and I have not heard you sing anything. And there's so that, many opportunities. What, what a shame! So, would you like to? Would you? Would you like before we leave here? Would you like to? Uh, y- y'all should contribute? know. Y'all should know. Uh, leading up to recording, I had a whole like catalog or soundtrack of stuff <laughs> I was supposed to sing uh, in today's episode. Like uh, there was "This Girl's on Fire" by Alicia Keys. There was Adele, "I Set Fire to the Rain." Um, I've seen fire and I've seen rain, James Taylor. Because then you can tie Abraham and the flood together. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there, what? How many songs did I get? I had like at least eight to ten. It was the makings of a good soundtrack. I believe our world is burning to the ground. Oh no, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, and neither did Abraham. Um, God <laughs> wouldn't let him. Uh, yeah, there was a lot in there. I'm, I'm, I'm missing some now in the moment to the disappointment of our listeners, but this is not the first time or the last time that I will disappoint you. Mm. Um, and listener, something that won't disappoint you is God's word. And maybe yeah. a little bit less than that is the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast, which you can receive a new episode every Tuesday morning if only you would subscribe. So if you're one of our many new listeners who, who decided to uh, give us a try, if you like what you're hearing, guess what? It's every week. So go ahead and hit subscribe. And that way you always receive a notification every Tuesday morning when there's a new episode out. And number two, you can help bring more people into the fold by way of AIs and algorithm by telling them that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that, go ahead and throw us a bone there. And until then, we will be back next week. See ya. Absolutely. See you next time. Shalom. I set fire to the rain. Okay. (laughs) Yes.